Welcome to K-Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. of love. It stars Yoon Yeon-seok, Moon Ga-young, Kim Se-rok, and Jung Ka-ram. It is a four-way romantic melodrama set in an office. And one of our listeners asked me to cover this show, and I'm glad she did because I enjoyed the show. But it's definitely the kind of show I would have overlooked. Because the thing is, anything with Yoon Yeon-seok, I don't really watch them. I don't think it's because he's a bad actor I think as an actor he's just fine but that's the thing he's just okay like he doesn't come off as particularly good looking he's like not really my taste he's just a very ordinary actor I don't find his performance to be like going above and beyond you know the kinds of performances that I've seen I guess he just doesn't impress me I don't know what it is but I just like I don't take to him uh, that was one of the reasons why I never watched Warm and Cozy, which he starred in alongside Kang Sora. It's like one of these shows that I would have watched because the Hong sisters wrote it. It's set on Jeju-do, but I just I wasn't into it at all. I think I stopped watching after like the first 15 minutes. But then the show has Moon Ga-young, who I'm like, what is her deal? You know, like, I don't think I've really seen her, even though she's been around for a while. I think I read somewhere that she started acting when she was 10 years old. And she's been in, you know, a bunch of shows here and there consistently for the last like, 10 some odd years. But I never really saw her until this show. And she's like, a very interesting performer you know because like she's got a pretty face but she's got this quiet stream of disturbance that's like roiling right beneath her you know plain and quiet exterior that's a tad frightening if you really think about it but her character as An Young is fascinating on multiple levels because she's deeply insecure about the fact that she did not go to college because she didn't have the financial support she's frustrated by the blockages at her job which require somebody with a college education or with a lot of work experience which she has but she keeps getting overlooked when it comes to promotions because she doesn't have a degree And then that insecurity about her lack of education and her lower status at the bank sort of plagues her love life as well. For instance, when she sees Ha Sang-soo hesitate right before coming to meet her at the restaurant, like she just drops him immediately, right? Like she doesn't think twice about it. She's just like, girl, bye, disappears, and then immediately starts dating somebody else, right? And it's because... She has this insecurity about her class background. This is clearly all about her. It's her own inner battle. It's got nothing to do with him and his projections. Like, he's dealing with his own personal issues as to why he didn't show up at the restaurant on time. And she's dealing with her own personal conflict as to why she gave up on him so quickly and easily. Class is always an inevitability when it comes to 
working class protagonist driven storytelling it's always going to be there and it's actually a very useful device in storytelling because the trauma of poverty is very very real and it's something that many south koreans can relate on and it's something that the whole world can really relate on i mean poverty is like all around the globe right and the psychic wounding of poverty really colors an su young's perception of herself and her outlook on life and it really does drive her insecurities the most. What was wild about this show for me is the fact that An Young and Ha Sang Soo almost became an item very early on in the show, right? It was like, oh, like they're getting along. Like it looks like they're going to be a couple, but they just that that potential for coupling dissipates so quickly and so suddenly, just so rapidly. And then the two of them immediately start dating other people. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like this show is bonkers. This show is wild. Like every step that these people took, I would be like gasping for air. I'm like, how could you do that? I can't believe you just did that. It was shocking. It was shocking on so many levels. I'm like, these bankers are fucking wild and out of control, man. Like somebody just, God damn, do something, you know? Usually in K-drama love square situations that involve two couples, it's like, okay, you have the main couple, right? Like the heart center. And then you have the side couple. But then like one of those couple pairings, like they're just not interested in each other at all. That's the example that we get in what happened in Bali. Like, you know, like that guy is was it Chang Jae-yeol Chang Jae-yeol and that other chick the rich girl like they did not like each other at all it was very obvious you know but like in this case it's like no these two other couples like they do kind of like each other like this is actually a romantic thing it's not ideal by any means but they do like each other and they are in a relationship and that's when the emotional stakes get risen it's like holy shit like the <laughs> two that are supposed to be together are not and they're in a full-blown relationship on on these two ends and i'm just like this is too much this is like this is a lot you know <laughs> chung hyun is played by the fascinating chung karam who i have never seen before i saw him very briefly in when the camellia blooms because he plays the the older version of the little boy the son in that show but I've never really seen him like fully perform and he is a remarkable actor like very very interesting I was heartbroken multiple times by this particular character the character of Chung Hyun like early on in the show when An Su Young is having a bad day and she goes upstairs to the rooftop he joins her and he gives this beautiful monologue right where he says to her like five years from now you're gonna be so much brighter than you are today you know and he says like oh like even though i have to go and get people coffee and i have to pick up trash and people look down on me i don't feel sorry for myself one bit because i have a goal i'm very clear on who i am and what i'm going to be and i'm just like oh my god like that speech made me bawl my eyes out. I was like sobbing while watching this scene because it's so optimistic and it's so pure. It's so full of youthful passion and it's so naive 
And it's so obvious that this is going to come shattering to pieces very soon. Because it's like, oh, this, this show, this monologue, this very positive monologue is coming very early on in the show. All that means is some shit is going to hit the fan. And this guy is going to get torn apart. And, and he does. Like, Chong Hyun, of all the characters on this show, Chong Hyun goes through the most heartbreak. Yeah, I felt the most sorry for Chong Hyun more than anybody else on this show. You know, because, oh my God, this dude, this poor kid, you know, he's got this like beautiful, pure heart and vision for his life and for An Young, But then she just does him really dirty. Right. And he himself ends up becoming a scumbag. Like unwittingly, he becomes a scumbag because he's depending on his girlfriend for financial support. Right. Like she gives him a place to live. You know, she lends him money for his father's second surgery. Like, this guy is just, like, so tragic on so many levels. And what does that say about masculinity in a contemporary urban society, right? Because after he and An Soo-young go on a date, and they decide that they're going to start dating, he immediately ghosts her. Like, immediately. It's just, like, instantly, like, they break up. And she's like, what the hell? Why? And he can't even tell her, right? And when he finally does, she's like, I mean, that's not your fault, you know? And she really goes above and beyond with her generosity to a point of, it's like, no, girl, like, you need some boundaries because this is too much, you know? Like, this is too big of a cross to bear. He was doing the right thing. He was doing the responsible thing. Like, it's so funny, like, the timing on this because... Uh, just the other day, I was at a birthday party. It's uh, a friend's girlfriend's birthday. And I went to the house thinking that it was a shared unit that I thought the couple was living at this beautiful house together. But no, it's just the girlfriend's house. So I asked my friend, I was like, why don't you live here with your girlfriend? And he was just like, he made up some excuse that made no fucking sense. He's like, well, I just have too much stuff. I'm like, this place is huge. Like, you don't have that much stuff. Like, you live with roommates. I doubt you have that much stuff. And then another mutual friend of theirs, somebody I don't know, but she was like, oh, I have a theory about that. And she was like, I think it's because he doesn't feel financially uh, secure enough to move in with her just yet. Like, he doesn't think he could contribute as much to the housing situation uh, because she makes more money than he does. And he just doesn't want to depend on her in that way. And I was like, oh, well, if that's the case, then that's totally understandable. And it's also understandable why he would want to hide that. And it's understandable why he would want to do the right thing. Like, he's trying to do the responsible thing by not moving in with her when he is not ready to, right? Like financially, he's not ready to. Because finances are, are, that's a reality. Finances, that's a reality. And the show was set at a bank. You know, the theme of class differences and money and financial insecurities, like that is all there, right? But in Chung Yun's case, he just, you know, goes against his own instincts and he moves in with her and yeah, like, <laughs> it does It does sort of taint their relationship. That unequal dynamic, it does influence their relationship. And 
it stays all throughout. Like, no matter how much he tries to do right by her, you know, no matter how much he tries to show his commitment to her, this financial imbalance does color the relationship greatly. I thought it was a little fucked up of Soo-young to date this poor naive kid even though her heart was somewhere else. It's very obvious that she's using him to get over Sang-soo and oh my gosh, like the way she breaks up with him, like I still don't agree with why she did that. It's just I get it, like he's a bit tenacious, you know? Like he has been tenacious, but it's like still you know, you could be a little bit more assertive in a different way. You didn't have to go and mangle this dude's heart like that. That was so fucked up. But at the same time, she teaches him something. You know, this kid learns something as this country boy from a farm town that he's never learned before. It's like urban living is tough and urban love is even tougher. You know, like he he learns something huge from this relationship with An Young, I think. And the way that he just tries to give up on his dreams so quickly after giving her that gorgeous monologue, which came from his lips, right? And he just immediately gives up on the dream, like, the moment she breaks up with him. I thought that was just like, come on, dude. No. Like, the message here is self-love is top priority. You know, love yourself above all else. That's it. That's the bottom line. Like, do not give up on your hopes and dreams just because somebody dumps you. That's idiocy. It's idiocy. It's naivete. You don't need to do that. An Young is a very self-destructive person, and I think this self-destructive tendency stems from her own lack of self-love. So she's sort of struggling with the same thing. She's just as insecure and full of shame when it comes to her lack of education and her lower middle class background. She's also stuck in the past. She has this trauma of abandonment regarding her father when her dad went to you know, live with somebody else, supposedly, after, you know, having an affair with some other woman. And, like, she just can't forgive him for that. And she can't forgive her mother for taking her father back, right? Which later on reveals, like, oh, it was actually the other way around. But this trauma of abandonment sets her off on this rampage of abandoning others, right? She wants to abandon people before they have a chance to abandon her. Or the moment she senses a danger of abandonment, like she did with Sang Su that day, she just immediately turns her back and disappears, right? So it's like, oh, like, An Young has this hurdle to get over herself too. Like, how is she going to achieve self-love? The monologue that her supervisor gives her, like one of the bank tellers, like the one of the women, the managerial staff, um, the one that's like pregnant in the end, she tells her like, listen, you need to think of yourself first. Nobody else is going to prioritize you. And I thought that was such an important lesson for her. You know, like that's exactly what she needed to hear years ago. <laughs> because, I mean, look at the way she commits to self-sacrifice for this guy, Chong Hyun, who she's dating, yeah, but like they don't know each other. They hardly know each other. And she's like, yeah, like move in with me. Yeah, here's some money. Like going way above and beyond what's necessary to accommodate somebody else's needs. That's a sheer sign of somebody who is not secure in their own personhood, right? That's absolutely a sign of 
somebody who is desperate, you know? They're desperately seeking some kind of mending and they can't find it for themselves. And uh, that speech given by that woman to An Su-young, like as a like a sunbe to a hube, I was like, that's beautiful. Like that's exactly the kind of mentorship that young women need constantly. I'm like, please, young women who have seen this show, take the message, you know? You got to love yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be breaking hearts everywhere and you're going to be heartbroken constantly. Mi-kyung's character, Pang Mi-kyung, she was so fascinating because she's the rich girl. Yeah, and she's the other woman technically, uh, although she doesn't know that she is. And she plays like a non-stereotypical uh, rich girl. You know, usually the rich girl in these old school K-dramas, she's like a bitchy saboteur. She's a like complete and utter rival. She's the polar opposite of who the protagonist is. But in this show, Mi-kyung is very open. She's very gregarious. She wants to be friends with everybody, including An Su-young especially. And it's like, wow, like, wow, it, it, you're annoying because it's hard to hate you, you know? But then she shows like such a sketchy side when it comes to her relationship with Sangsu. Because like, I don't know, you know the whole scene with his car? Like when, when she tells him like, oh, let's take my car, not yours. Like when they go on a date. It's like this very subtle way of saying, oh, like I'm embarrassed by your shitty car. Like my car's nicer, you know, so let's take my car. And then when she goes out with all of her friends and introduces this guy to all of her friends, it's like, oh, everybody's so impressed. And, you know, he buys everybody food and drinks. But like when the car comes through the valet, it's not his. It's a brand new car. And she pretends as if it is his car. And then it's like, surprise, like, this is your car. I bought it for you. <laughs> oh my god. Like, when I was watching this scene, I was like, yo, this bitch. This bitch. She is next level. That is next level of being a control freak. You know, that's like next level shit when it comes to making over your man. It's such a dehumanizing and infantilizing move on Mi-kyung's part, but she doesn't see it. And that's what's so wild to me. It really shows the kinds of gaps of perception that people live with in these class differences, right? Like, she comes from such wealth and privilege. And it's like, she's living in her own little delusional, you know, like world just as much as Jung Hyun is you know like Jung Hyun he comes from the shits you know so poor but very hardworking and very naive and fully believes that he can get there very easily but no he doesn't account for all this other bullshit that you know <laughs> that brings him down the two of them are extremely naive actually and it shows that like oh naivete can function at the upper echelons and here in the lower ranks like you being too overly optimistic is just as naive as somebody who is so up here that they don't see what others go through to have what she has you know so it's like very interesting how these two the others the other people like the other man and the other woman you know like they're dealing with their own uh you know delusions so to speak when it comes to living life and that does impact their love life. 
in any case, I thought that car thing was such a brilliant way to showcase Miguel's flaws. You know, like this is like a very clear and uh, perfect way to demonstrate. Oh, like Miguel has all these positive aspects and qualities about her, but she's also just as capable of being inhumane as her father, somebody she's very critical of, right? And that's why at the end of the show, she tries to make nice with dad, right? Anyway, I thought that was fascinating. I would qualify this show as a very chewy melodrama. Like watching the show, I was like, oh, there's like substance here. You know, it's like my mouth is full. Like I got stuff to chew on. This is of substance. This is entertaining and it's like tingling my brain and I am emotionally connected to it. It's such a melodrama through and through and there were so many moments of tearfulness and emotionality but also like profound breakthroughs and there's just so much tension between all the characters. The emotional stakes are pretty high given the love square situation and I just haven't seen a romantic melodrama that is this entertaining in a really long time. So I fully appreciated the interest of love. 